Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Well, I have a little bit of trivia for you this afternoon. I've been really um, intrigued with the Gospels. I haven't really... um, I've never really gone to the Gospels. I've always read other chapters of the Bible. But Matthew, Mark and Luke really talk about the Kingdom of God and what you experience in the Kingdom of God. However, John is a little bit different. And I think um, it would be my favourite Gospel at the moment, maybe because I'm in it. But he's... We don't actually know who wrote John. Um, The historians and the theologians have um, good guesses and they think they know who wrote John. However, there's no evidence to suggest um, that they know exactly who wrote John. But I truly believe he was an awesome man of God and he knew who Jesus was and he knew the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit... um, the gift of the Holy Spirit was um, to everyday people once Jesus had died. So um, life is mentioned 36 times in the Gospel of John. That is like double the other Gospels and more than any other book in the New Testament. So John is really trying to get the reader to understand how important it is to live life with Jesus. And if you want to turn with me, I know you're already there, but I'm going to go through a little bit of scripture here this afternoon. We're going to go through verses one to nine, and we're just going to draw out a few points. And then I'm going to summarise, and I promise you, there will be a point at the end, and God is going to move. (laughs) So, verse one, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. Verse 2, the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. And verse 3, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So the man enters by the gate and he's the shepherd of the sheep. And verse 3, the watchman opens the gate and the sheep listen to his voice. His spirit is inside your spirit when you ask Jesus into your heart and you can hear him. Why? Because that's how he created you. That's how it, like he created you to, um, how can I say this? You were designed to know the voice of God when you ask Jesus into your heart. Um, In verses four to six, let's go on. When he has brought them out, sorry, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise the stranger's voice. So he goes on ahead of them. Why? Because he names us. He gives us identity. His sheep follow him. Why? Because we know his voice. That's how he created us. That's why he created us. So at that point in time, 
when Jesus was talking to the Jewish people, they couldn't understand. They still weren't getting this message. And so John actually like writes that in verse six, Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again. So verse seven, we'll go through verse seven to nine. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And then the second part of verse 9, he will come in and go out. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So now let's look at a few things here. Oh, all my notes are the wrong way. Hang on one moment. I could tell you without reading my notes, but I should follow my notes. Um, I am the sheep. I am the gate for the sheep. So number one point, he protects. Verse seven, we know his protection because he is the gate. He keeps us in and he keeps the danger out. And then he will tell us because we know his voice when to go out. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So point number one, the shepherd protects. He protects his flock. Before he said, the watchman opens the gate for his sheep. Now he says, I am the gate for the sheep. Verse eight, all who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Point number two, he guides, he guides. So we know he guides us, why? Because we can hear his voice and the spirit lives inside of us. Point number one, he protects. Point number two, he guides us. And then verse nine, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Point number three, he leads. Whoever enters through me will be saved. The shepherd protects, he guides and he leads. Now let's refresh. Let's gather our thoughts. Why are all these things Why is he all these things to us? Why is he our protection? Why does he guide us? Why does he lead us? Well, because he created us. He named us. He gave us identity. We are precious to him. The moment the enemy came in and took our relationship away from God, God needed a plan. He needed to put something else in place. He needed redemption for what just had happened to his people, his creation. So what does he do? He gives his son, his son, his son, the life that we needed. Does that make sense? Are you following me? We didn't just get given life through Jesus. We got given Jesus's life the gift of life, and then the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. He protects, He guides, and He leads. And I want us to go back to verse 9 for a moment. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. 
the second part of this. He will come in and go out and find pasture. I kept coming to this these last four weeks as I was just preparing and as I was meditating on this scripture. I will come in and go out and find pasture. I will come in and go out and find pasture. When I think of pasture, I think of green rolling hills of lush green grass and clover, something that is so beautiful. I picture Jesus in white robes leading us to this beautiful place that we could never ever had imagined. The green is green that we've never seen before. And then my mind goes to an oasis. And then it goes to Psalm 23, that famous, famous psalm. Actually, go there with me for a moment. Um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall now I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. The pasture that Jesus is referring to when he talks about the shepherd and the flock, I think is quite different to what I was imagining, what I was picturing. I used to think that pasture meant a physical need, and it does. It means a physical need. However, I also think it means spiritual guidance. I think he protects, he guides and he leads, but he also does that spiritually for us as well. And I think that's what we really need to be reminded of, that the shepherd doesn't just allow us to go in and out of that gate for protection, for guidance and for him to lead. But I think there is a spiritual aspect to that where we can call on him because we know his voice. We know who he is and we know who we are in him. And I guess we can refer to pasture as provision and resources, um, something that sustains sheep. We could talk about prosperity and all these beautiful things, but sometimes life isn't beautiful, green, rolling hills. I'm telling you, life, I don't think is like that. As I'm getting older, I feel like I'm really more going down the wilderness path than the pasture path. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's be real. The gift of life, asking Jesus into our hearts is beautiful. However, I don't think it was green, rolling, lush hills with this shepherd all draped in white leading us out into this beautiful, beautiful fields of green. That's where my mind goes. That's where my imagination goes. But I think it could be a little bit different to what Jesus was referring to. So bear with me. Bear with me. There is a point to all of this. The first point is he protects. The second point is he leads. And the third point of the second point is he guides and the third point is he leads. And as I was thinking about this and as I was praying about what I was going to say to you this afternoon, I was ready to call Dave and say, like, 
This is a little bit hard. Everyone knows this piece of scripture. It's the shepherd and his flock. We all learn it in Sunday school. We all know that he protects, he guides and he leads. There must be something more to it than this. And one night um, I was really calling out to God and I was like, God, what do you want me to say? And I'm being real here. Like I'm being more, I'm more in the wilderness than the pasture right now. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, and I kept getting these words, just enough, Jess, just enough. And for weeks, that's all I was getting. I just couldn't put my finger on what um, this scripture was trying to tell me because I know what a shepherd does. He looks after his flock. We all know the protection we have in Jesus. We know the leadership we have in Jesus and we know the guidance we have in Jesus. But for the life of me, I just couldn't put my finger on it. And then... You know when you get reminded of something and you know it's the Holy Spirit because you wouldn't have thought it up just randomly? I get that a lot. I don't know if you guys get that a lot, but it's like he reminds you of a memory. And he reminded me of this memory where I was at Bible college and this friend sent me this link. And this link was all about the land of the shepherd. And I'm going off my notes here, so I'm going to just... pull it back a little bit. Um, The land of the shepherd. So this link was sent to me and I didn't pay much attention to it, but I remember it. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I can't find this link. I've got it like, so I started Googling and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't find this link, but I know like this is what you want me to see. Now, I've got the link for you. So after the service, if you're interested, I'll send it to you. I'll even get um, our beautiful sound team to put it up after the service for you. But the man of God that um, created this YouTube link, I don't know his name, but he talks about the land of the shepherd and he talks about green pastures. And I'm going to honour him today because... This is a revelation that he received, but I truly believe that we're going to get such a beautiful revelation from it as well. And um, as um, I talk about these beautiful hills of lush pasture, I don't think Jesus was referring to that. I think he was actually referring to quite the opposite. Back in the day where Jesus grew up, where he was born, where he travelled with his disciples, that landscape was not lush, green, rolling hills. It was the Judean hills. It was a barren land. It was a wilderness. And actually, it is called still today the Wilderness Midbar. But it also has another name for it. It also has another name. It's also known as green pastures. So the wilderness that Jesus walked and he was led into by the Holy Spirit after he was baptised in the River Jordan and he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights is also called green pastures. So I knew there was something I knew I was onto something, green pastures, just enough Jess, just enough pasture. 
And there's no coincidence that our shepherd, the lamb that got slain, physically walked the land of the wilderness, also known as green pastures. I got excited. I got excited because the shepherd, Jesus knew where he was walking. He knew where he was going and he was going to get tempted by the devil. And this is the same wilderness where the Israelites circled and walked for 40 years. It's the same piece of land. So I got my little research book out, got my pen and my paper. And um, there is a point to this, I promise. Um, it was incredible. So I got, I got out my little research paper. And if you want to just pop up um, the first image, this is what the wilderness looks like. This is what green pastures looks like. It's also known as the land of the shepherd. That's what the Jewish people call it, the land of the shepherd. It's the land around the River Jordan. It's where Jesus travelled and did his public ministry in all the towns. Green pastures. I would never have thought that that would have been green pastures. It's incredible because as you look at the mountainside, the hillsides, there are grooves along the hillsides and they are called grazing trails. The shepherds knew these off by heart. They knew the land like the back of their hand. And along these grazing trails, the shepherds would lead the sheep to the pasture. Those grazing trails, one on top of the other, were specifically spaced out for the sheep. Exactly. For one animal on one grazing trail and another animal on a, another grazing trail can meet together in the middle and graze together without being harmed or hurt. He's our protection he is our guide and he's our leader. But where's the pasture? There's no green grass, is there? Like, how can sheep survive? Really, when you think about it, like, I, I didn't get it. Like, I still was researching. I was researching for hours. And I couldn't work out what it was until I opened the link up that my friend... Um, sent me. Now, in these parts, it was uninhabitable land. So if someone travelled these parts, they probably wouldn't survive if they didn't know the land. Through the, through the morning, through the daytime, it was full of heat. It was scorched by heat. It was so hot. It was a desert. That's why they called it the wilderness. Yet it was known as green pastures, the land of the shepherd. And then of a night time, it was freezing. Like it was so cold, people couldn't survive out there unless you knew the land and where to get shelter. Rain doesn't fall there much. So how does it work? Well, I can tell you because I researched it. <laughs> of an evening, the humidity drops and this beautiful breeze comes across the wilderness 
also known as green pastures. It comes from the west and it comes from the Mediterranean Sea. And the small pockets of humidity and the small rainfall condense together. And if you can just pop up the next image. This moisture falls on the rocks, the dust and the barren land, and it falls down the rocks. And when you get down to the sheep's level, you'll see very subtly little beautiful pockets of green tufts, your pasture. It's very subtle, but it's covered in beautiful, lush, green little pockets of green pasture. That's your pasture. The wilderness, the shepherd knows. The shepherd knows where to take his sheep. He protects, he guides and he leads us. He protects, he guides and he leads us. So as we reflect on our life, as um, we maybe remember the time we asked Jesus into our hearts or maybe we haven't asked Jesus into our hearts yet. It's the salvation and freedom that we get. We just trust there is just something inside of us that is telling us that we need to meet him. And it's not always lush green rolling hills. It's not always um, fresh, vibrant landscapes. It can sometimes be like a wilderness. But that wilderness is known to the shepherd. He knows that wilderness. That's why it's called the land of the shepherd. He protects. He's the gate. He guides. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And he leads. He will come in and go out and find pasture. Just enough pasture. Just enough for the moment you are in. Just enough. One mouthful at a time. One step at a time. He will lead you on those grazing trails. That's how I feel. Um, God, I feel like that's what God is trying to reveal to me as I searched and as I reflected on this piece of scripture. What wilderness are you on? Because I can guarantee you that there will always be pasture found when it comes to the shepherd, when it comes to Jesus. It's a beautiful reminder that no matter what terrain you're in, no matter what season you're in, he's got pasture for you. Point number four, you must trust the shepherd for all those other three to take place. Sometimes we don't trust the shepherd. For him to protect you, for him to guide you, for him to lead you, you must trust the shepherd. I would not have realised that that's how the sheep survived back in the day when Jesus 
walked and the shepherds took their sheep to graze in the wilderness. There is a beautiful little quote that Jewish people say, God's people, rabbis say this, and I never quite understood it. And I've heard it a couple of times and it's in the link as well. And it's worry is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's pasture. It's incredible to think. Worry is dealing with tomorrow's problems on today's pasture. That tells us something, that the pasture he has for you right now is the pasture that you need. 10 minutes from now, a day from now, a week from now, trust the shepherd. Trust the shepherd. The wilderness. The wilderness. Can I grab the music team, if possible? The wilderness. The land of the shepherds. We may live in this world, but we are not of this world. We may walk through the wilderness. We may feel like sometimes things are getting on top of us. We may feel like we're not even in the gate or in sight of the gate. Sometimes we feel like there's no watchman. But I'm telling you, all through chapter 10, it also tells us about an enemy and a thief and how the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But in verse 10, it says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Our pasture, our pasture. When we enter in and follow his ways, when we follow those grazing trails, that's where we find it. We find the protection and the guidance and the leadership. In the darkest moments of your life, I can guarantee that you can remember a time where God has come through, where you can look back on your life and say, well, God's got me, God has me. And it's beautiful to think, and we need to celebrate that. But we also need to be reminded to trust the shepherd. Trust the shepherd. He just doesn't give us life. He gives us His life, His Son's life. Then He protects, then He guides, and then He leads. And when everything's stripped away, when we feel a little barren, a little dusty, a little bit like that wilderness, that's when we trust the shepherd and he comes in and he does something for us. He leads us to the pasture. He leads us to the pasture. 
when you come to the end of your resources and you don't know how you're going to do it and you don't know how you're going to face people or you don't know what you're going to say. We trust the shepherd. We trust the shepherd. And if you've been doing it in your own strength, I've been finding my own pasture sometimes. I'm going to be the first person to put my hand up and say, I've been on my own and I'm going to do it on my own because I don't feel you, God. So not like it's unintentional, but sometimes we just get caught up in, I've got to fix this. I've got to fix this. And the only way I can fix this is doing it on my own. Trust the shepherd. 10 minutes from now, a day from now, It's not about that. It's about trusting Him in the place that you're in right now. Allow Him to protect you to the pasture. Allow Him to protect you to the pasture. Allow Him to guide you to the pasture and allow Him to lead you to the pasture. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.